Oh, cup of tea. Yosh. Yeah, but can you really say yosh about a cup of tea? Of course you can. Say yosh about everything. Yosh. What does yosh actually mean? Well, we know what it means in Japanese. It means like, come on. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Okay, yeah. But we've kind of, it's kind of evolved in this dojo. It means loads of stuff now. Well, when I say it, like, sometimes I say when I stand up, <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead, of like, instead of like growing up, just going, oh, yosh. Like, you know, legs are tired or something. You say yosh when somebody, you know, when somebody does something cool. Yeah, true. Rick says Zanshin's cool. I say Zanshin is yosh, which is cool. And yosh is cool. <laughs> yosh is cool. Welcome to the Hombu Dojo Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. What up, folks? It's also a Japanese linguistic um, research group that we run here. <laughs> Today's topic is the word yush. Yush. Do you say yush? Yeah, I find myself saying yush just when I'm like, sometimes pleasantly surprised. Yeah. yeah. If I see a cool video of like, like it doesn't have to be correct, it can just be anything. If something cool happens, I immediately are like, yush! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, if I am... Uh, also, yeah, if I just see something generally impressive, it can be surprising or not, but say somebody's demonstrating a technique and they just drop down into a, a like, a nice-looking kokutsu dutch, and all I can do is... Yush! <laughs> Yush! <laughs> I don't know if I like... Well, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Donnie Yen. Mm-hmm. His bottle cap... You know, everyone's doing the bottle cap challenge, and he, mm-hmm. had to, he put the blindfold on and then kicked it. That's, that was a yush. Okay. <laughs> that, was a, that was a yush. And then at the same time, a yush is a kind of movement... Like because I've, Uraken is never a yush. No, yush is like like Hian Sandan after that spinning Tetsui. Yeah, and then you go from that Kibidach all the way through to the Zenkutsu. So that, that's, that's a like, yush. yush. Okay. Like okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Right. Anyway, it's been a while. It's been a minute. We haven't we haven't recorded this podcast for a long time because we have been on many karate adventures. Yeah, and that's the topic of today folks. We are going to bring you on on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Get you up to speed on the karate adventures of Ross and Ruth. We've been all over Europe. We've been in, I've been in four different countries. Ross has been in three different countries. Yes. Um we've been to Denmark, Italy, yep. Yep. England, yep. and now we're back. And Ruth I went on holidays, holidays to Cyprus. Yeah. Cyprus, lucky yeah. dog. That is. So, let's t- let's start at the beginning. Denmark, that was where the adventure kicked off. Yeah, our European summer camp. Yeah, you, you, we, we've been talking about it on the podcast again and again, and now it's come and gone. It's come and gone. That was the the big build up. Um, we were grading at it. We were preparing for it. It was on our minds for a very long time. Um, very much looking forward to it. I uh, went last year. It was fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and the place in general. Like you've now experienced the place, the venue that they, the way it's run. The way that uh, Morton and Christian and Jan sense that they all organise it and stuff, it is oh, a yeah. job It well was done, top yeah? class. Like we even had our names on the on the doors of our dorms. Um, we had uh, yeah, uh, the, the organisation that went into it was top notch. I've say nothing less of the, of the Scandinavians. I have to say, there. me, Tommy, and AJ last year had Sensei on the door. This year, it was just. Ross, Tommy, and AJ. Oh. I was very disappointed. I have to say. I wonder what happened there. Maybe they just forgot. <laughs> I think, think, oh, I yeah, think we yeah, know what happened yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We got a big so, speech yeah. about how terrible we were last year. When we year. arrived at the camp, there was like there was like a, a public announcement about uh, behavior and and alcohol consumption and stuff. Now it wasn't very strict. It was very. It was. It was. It was they were a having joke. a laugh as yeah, well. They yeah, were, they were taking the piss a little bit, but it was. <laughs> it was like I think they said to the and to the alcoholics here amongst us and like. Everyone turned and looked at me and Tommy, and we're kind of like, "Oh!" And we, we got um, you and AJ and Tommy, and by proxy, me—not by proxy, but by association—me, Mark, and Juan. We got dormed in a separate building from everybody else. <laughs> uh, it was uh, like, yeah, last year we were in the nice cushy thing. I think they gave the the room we had last year to Rick Sensei, like okay. we said, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, we were out, we we're out in the bad boy. Huts, you know. <laughs> the naughty, the naughty huts. Yeah. Uh, so, what to say about the camp? Um, oh, it was, it was well organized. The venue itself was beautiful. The weather was nice. We trained on the beach one morning. Uh, we had Scott Langley Sensei, Simon Bly Sensei, and we had Rick Hutton Sensei. His first time teaching at our European summer camp in Denmark. Yes. Um. So, what were your top moments from each Sensei? From each sensei, um, 
Well, my top moment, like in terms of like in their classes, my favourite moments in the classes, uh, I loved uh, Rick Sensei's class with the black belts. He done taking Nidan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just really like what what I love again. I've said it, I've said it a few times before, but when he when he he has a, such a great um, unique take on karate, I think, or a unique way of get of uh, conceptualizing his karate. Mm-hmm. And I think so, like sometimes that can get lost because it's it's has such a, his own thing. It's very unique to him. So and if you don't have a sort of bridge between what we practice to what he's wanting us to do in his class it can get quite confusing sometimes yeah but when he put when he puts it in a karate context like with a kata you can definitely see how his body mechanics and stuff the way he's performing his techniques thinking about um how he moves really shows it really comes through in his uh, karate when he's explaining it through kata so i I would luckily i was paired up with uh, tommy for that and we were having a lot of fun doing the the exercise that he was given and then trying to play around with the stuff that he's talked about previously before trying to, you know, uh, as best we can imitate his style of movement and mm-hmm. stuff and apply it into what he was teaching, which was great fun, man. It was really good, really enlightening. It was, it was excellent. So that was my favourite part of Rick Sensi's class was just being able, being able to see his body work within that kata and then try and... And it helped me understand that a bit more, and then try and apply what he's doing. Actually, my favorite Rick Houghton moment was that one as well. That class we had with the black belts, but also because we did one can, and I really like one can. I don't know why. Most people don't give a don't give a crap about that kind. The movements in one can are really nice, yeah. Yeah, those turns into Neko Ashi Dutch. That's really good. The compression. so, yeah, I like doing one count. We spent more time on Techie Nidan, and we did some application. And what I enjoyed about the application wasn't the um, wasn't necessarily, you know, the self-defense or this is what you do in a bear hug or whatever, or this is how you take a guy down if they grab your wrist, etc. But it was the way he talked about his principles of movement, such as, uh, you know, things that he gets from Aikido, like moving this way and then changing direction and using somebody's momentum against them. We were able to practice that. Um, and then when you go back to the kata, you're thinking about that. And yeah. like you said, you're getting that Hotten style karate into your karate. 100%, yeah. Through the kata. Oh, it, was, it was great. Really, really well done. Um, great class. And I think <clears throat> possibly my favorite Rick Houghton session to date. Oh, yeah? Better than that, that legendary Sochin session? I think, um, yeah, I think that, that one. Because I think the more he does it, the more I'm understanding Mm-hmm. what he's talking about and I'm getting more out of it more and more every time True. Um, which was really cool I've got a different Rick Sensei moment that is probably my favourite moment from the camp but I'll talk about that uh, we do our best and worst yeah. oh okay, okay, yeah. okay. I thought you were uh, going to say it's secret it's, it's for Yondans and above only just for me <laughs> um, my favourite um, I think the class that I that I just uh, beamed with like love and enjoyment was Simon's committee class of course because it was just savage it was yeah. just like <laughs> classic got high, classic huh? Simon sense you know just mm-hmm. fucking just go 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 like and it's like the tempo is just super high and you get like you get as much out of it as like depending on how much you put into it mm-hmm. and I don't know man that day I, I don't know if I had my, my spinach before classes and I felt great and we just yeah, just committee drills, committee drills, committee drills. It was brilliant. I yeah. loved it. It was so much fun. Like that, that that was definitely just happy time for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And getting to train, like what was cool with that is getting to do committee with people that I don't normally train. So like I got to do drills with like Juan a lot. I was paired up with Juan for a uh-huh. lot of that. I haven't trained with Juan for, for ages, for ages and ages. It was great to see Juan again. That was a highlight of the camp for me. And get to train with Juan and, and do some committee and smack Juan a wee bit. It was good fun, yeah. yeah and, and try and try and avoid getting smacked by Juan. It was great. Um, and then what was cool about that class is that there's nowhere to hide. You know, you're sort of like put like we've done that line drill at the end. Everyone's lined up. Everyone's like like taking turns just attacking, and you're moving down the line of people like attacking, attacking. Then you swap over, change over, and you're getting to just have a go with everyone. And it's like a it's a class where everyone's sort of in the same boat together, you know? Mm-hmm. No hiding, we all have to suffer through this training for an hour and a half together. Like, I don't know, I love that stuff, you know? Yeah. Reminds me of, like, squad training sessions and things like that. It's just good fun, good camaraderie, you know? Smack each other in the face and then feel good about it afterwards. What was uh, another great thing about that class was uh, there was... So it was the Black Belt 
it was just black belts, yeah? yeah, yeah, black belt class. But there was a real diversity of age, ability, uh, and experience. Mm-hmm. But everyone, no matter who they were, no matter uh, no matter what where they are within the spectrum of those three things I just mentioned, they were doing their best. We had uh, Christopher Uren, who is you know he certainly can't move about like I'm sure he used to, but man oh man, he was getting stuck in like that, yeah. that, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Like that's if you were to look at that class on paper, you'd say, oh, there's no way that's for anyone, you know, <laughs> over the age of forty, you know, like mm-hmm. if you were looking at the the pace. And the sort of drills and stuff we were doing, mm-hmm. but you had Christopher Uren, like I think it's his wedding anniversary today. Have a wedding anniversary, yep. Christopher. Um, but he got stuck in about it, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it was very impressive. And everyone was like, you know, giving him the nod and pat in the back and well yeah. done for going through because it's a, it's inspiring to he see. He got somebody. a round of applause at the end of yeah. that session. Yeah, it's like it's inspiring to see someone that age who's been doing karate for a long time, soldiering on, training, you know, non like just continued his training throughout his life. And still getting stuck in about amongst mm-hmm. you know the young guys like you and me and and not backing down and just mm-hmm. just doing it you know mm-hmm. it's really 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 like heartwarming to see stuff like that mm-hmm. you know so that was a, that was a uh, for me again that was just a you just felt great after that class man. like Simon Bly Sensei says karate for everyone for all your life very very true my favorite Simon Bly Sensei moment was actually not that class. I loved that class, but it was the beach class. Ah, the beach class is fun, yeah? Yeah, you guys got to train on the beach three times last year, but the weather wasn't so good this time, so we only got to do it twice. Uh, sorry, we only got to do it once this yeah, year. Yeah, we got to do it twi- twice last year. Oh, okay. We done, um, we done. We were in the water doing uh, hangouts and throwing jellyfish and stuff yeah. like that around the place. <laughs> Some of us getting stung by jellyfish uh, yeah. and stuff like that. It's I also liked how we, st- we started off with Sanshin, that we did a bit of goju ryokata. Yeah. And then by the end of it, it was just, everybody was just in the water and Simon's on the shore just going, okay, shukumite, hajime! <laughs> and everyone's just tackling one another. And Eventually it was just splashed. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was, that was that a was splash great. fight. Yeah. Um, that was great. Like, and then, you know, we got to, uh, you pulled a few of us out to do Utsu and we were oh, like, yeah. we <laughs> drop it down to the kicks under the water, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Every you bow, drop- you're... He's <laughs> ducking into the water and stuff. Oh, was great, he man. dropped down into what I was. It was I was doing unsu in the water as well. But the day it was described to me by people on shore, we just like disappeared under the water, and then the foot popped out of the water <laughs> to do the mawashigiri. Mosh- <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, the beach session's always fun. Yeah, 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 really good fun. Training on the beach is always always good. Yeah. Kyokushin guys do it a lot. Yeah. Whenever they're near the beach, they train on the beach. I think, people, like, I think if you have good weather, you do it. I think we would do it if we had year-round good weather. Yeah. You know? But yeah. no. No, we, yeah, don't. we don't. Not in Dublin. Not at all. Um, but yeah, that was great. And then Scott Sensi's... Who? Scott, Scott Sensi. Oh, he was there, wasn't he? He was, yeah. For, for a brief <laughs> period. But uh, Scott Sensi's classes, I think... Um, that, I mean, his class with Unsu was excellent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Um, we train with Scott all the time, so we're so used let's to just his... move on. <laughs> we're, used to, we're used to his teacher style and stuff, but he, man, he pulls out the bag in seminar and when he, when he needs to, yeah. Like he we, sure does. Like he's, even when you think we're used to him, we're used to his more, he switches it on in seminars, and it was, his Unsu class was just, I think, perfect teaching, I thought. Like, that is how... You should. Everyone should strive to teach like that. Mm. It was fantastic. Like, not only because you know, as always, his classes are really well structured and thought out, but um, they can't build. Is each session built up to that kata? Like you done unsu, mm-hmm. and each session was he done like a, a kihon session, he done mm-hmm. a kumite session, and then he done unsu. But the kihon and the kumite, the principles were the exact same from the CAD. So he took the principles of Unsu, managed to put them in a Kihon context, managed to put them in a Kumite context, and then showed how it applies in the CAD context. Yeah. So he, he bridged that, like people talk about the three Ks and how they should never be thought as separate, they should be thought as the same thing. He demonstrated that throughout the whole camp. Yeah, it's exactly Brilliantly, what I thought. Yeah, um, the really, three really classes good. kind of built up to one another. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but all, I, I liked that he, um, one thing he was repeating, one of his mottos was, be strict with yourself. Mm. Um, that was during the last session, I think. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he de- like like I said, there was you know there was a variety of ages and abilities and stuff, but he wasn't going easy on anyone, and he was being quite strict. So strict with the things that, um, like just the certain things that don't really require 
athleticism or high ranking grade. It's just just be strict with what I'm, I'm asking you to do something. So be strict and good point. Do that thing, you know. Yeah. Very much like what I go on about all the time when uh, what frustrates me in class is when when somebody when someone tells you this is important, try and do this, and then they forget it. Like, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the the frustrating thing, you know. But like I thought, Scotland's class was brilliant. Um, funny bit in one of the classes was when we were do, trying to do a flow drill from one to the other and nobody could do it and I can't remember who I was paired up with um, it was Tommy no, no. it wasn't Tommy that's, okay. the, that's the funny thing it wasn't Tommy and we'd never done this drill before and we were going back and forth and he was going crazy <laughs> he, remember, like, he was going oh like, Scott was going yeah, crazy Scott yeah, was going yeah, crazy yeah. and stuff and then he went yeah mate like Ross Tommy out. and he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. do it and then when I can't, and change direction when I say like change Change, change, and he's like, guys, I've never taught them this before, but just listen to me and do your tone. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was so funny just seeing him get, get me, but I rate loses cool a little bit. But, uh, that was funny. Uh, all, all in very good humor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are the, our three best moments from each sensei. Do we, are we going to do a best and worst from? Oh, we should talk about the gradings. Um, we should we should talk about the greens. Um, as we know, the road to Nidan and Yondan that we've been talking about for so long uh, has been travelled. Yeah. It's, it's over. It's done. Yep. And we, we both failed. The clearing at the end of the. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we both passed. Yes, well done. Us. Um, well done, you. It was. Uh, oh, it was, it was a good solid grading from everyone all round. Yeah. Yeah, it um, was great. It was really it was cool. Day. Like it's. There's really. Really nice to see when everyone who's going, like, you just see that spirit, that energy and stuff from everyone who's on the panel. There was a little kid. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Tony. Oh, Tony, Tony Johnny. Tony, uh, Simon Blyson's Oh, my God, uh, I feel so bad. Hey, you talk and I'll look him up. Um, but he was up doing his showdown by mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen someone go for their showdown by themselves before. Um, certainly not someone that young. Uh, and and he was up there blasting his key horn. You went out with him and done his jukumite with him. Um, he done, I think, Basadai and uh, he and Nidan, I think. But man, to do that by yourself at his age, like he's only about twelve or something, eleven, twelve, it must have been so scary. Uh, yeah, like I, I hats off to him because he 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 done a fantastic job, and that sort of set the mood, I think, for everyone. You know, you seen that little guy getting stuck in. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of gave us a sort of you know little boost. Okay, here we go. And then uh, next it was you guys. Uh, there were terrible. four of us going for yeah, down. four of us going through, and mm-hmm. they were they smashed their key on. It was really sharp, mm-hmm. really fast, um, really really good. Um, Matthew was was pretty impressive, pretty inspirational actually. Like Matthew, who is you know, a little bit older than the rest of the guys that were going. Moving just uh, moving with the same spirit, like trying to keep up with the young lads and stuff, doing his best, um, and that really came through with Kumite because he just got stuck in. Yeah, yeah, he had like two or three combos that he just rinsed and repeated over and over again, but they worked, man. They covered the distance. They put he put everyone on the back foot at yeah. one point. Really nice. Um, your Kumite was was very nice. There was a lovely part when you and Juan are going back and forth and at the, like Scott's asked for like one more time and you can see twitch, twitch, twitch and then as soon as I think Juan came in with Mwashigiri, as soon as he lifted that leg up, you covered the distance, bam, <laughs> fucking sunk it into him. Uh, it was Teddy. Teddy. Teddy is the young boy Teddy, who achieved Tony, showdown. No, Teddy, I'm glad Teddy. I found Sorry, that. Teddy. Um, I'll, Congrats, I'll, Teddy. I'll, I'll buy you a pint next time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, back to me doing Kumite with Juan. <laughs> yeah, uh, so and just like lovely to see like covering the distance, sinking the punches in. It was great. It was like the well, stuff at least that I managed been... to at least I managed to do the things that have been drilled into me in the last few months. I was just about to say the to stuff we've been on. we've we've been screaming at you for the past six months. You know, like mm-hmm. it was cool. It was really nice. Thanks. Um, cat has went really well for you guys. You know, um, Juan's cat, cat in particular was really sharp yeah. with the knee down. He, he was very good at kata. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. looked really sharp, really, like really nicely done. Uh, Juan done Didac proud. I thought. Yeah. Um, I think Didac should be super proud of Juan. Yeah. Um, really good representation of HTKI Barcelona. Like, yeah. really nice. Um, and I think big kudos to fucking Paul, man. Yeah. Paul Uren, chief referee, she had Roku Dan Paul Uren Paul went for his sixth Dan, no joke. And man, if there was anyone who ever looked like a sixth Dan on the floor, he done 
brilliant. His yeah. soul chin was fucking exceptional. His Nijishio was exceptional. Yeah. Um, Kumite, man, he was, I think, the only one who attacked me first of the oh, whole yeah. day. I think he's the only one. He threw the first attack. Everyone else sort of backed off. He was the only one to get stuck in and come forward, put me on the back foot straight away. Um, yeah, hats off to Paul, man. Yeah. yeah. Paul done really, really well. Yeah. Really cool. Yep. And uh, that, that's. Oh, and we had, of course, Christopher. Grading uh, for Yondan. Uh, Christoph and me graded for Yondan together. Oh, sorry, Christoph. No, um, Christian. Oh, Christian. Christian, Christoph, Christian. Sorry. Christian. Christian. Going for his um, Yondan. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and him went for Yondan together. Uh, he done a very nice soul chin as well. We both got asked MP. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, man, solid. He was his, he was impressive in Kumite considering he doesn't have uh, a lot of people to spar with regularly. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I've, mm-hmm. uh, I've I've taught and they had me over to teach in Denmark at the start of the year and I got to see the guys he's training with and there aren't a lot of guys his age mm-hmm. in the dojo, not a lot of guys his grade in the dojo. So mm-hmm. he's kind of there doing it by himself and trying and being strict with himself and, and moving around himself. So for a guy who doesn't have someone to beat up and smack around a bit like he done really well um, very, like, and very unorthodox like he was using those big high toes and stuff yeah. in his kumite he was losing a lot of grappling takedowns and stuff mm-hmm. like at one point I think he got full mount on, on, on someone yeah it was me it was you <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah like he, he had the side controls of he was taking a couple trying to take people down and stuff um, unorthodox kumite but man he just got stuck in you yeah. know um, I, like yeah well done to, to Christian as well very yeah. good job yeah. Well, let's talk about your committee. My committee. So, um obviously, well, it's it's been it's been said and it's been kind of the going the 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 usual story is that Ross is the committee guy. I think that's changing. Um obviously you've been here for a long time and with under Scott you'd never be anything but a well-rounded karateka. Mm. And I think especially if you're going for Yondan, that's what you've got to show. Your kata was it was. Uh, it looked to me as good a sochin as you've ever done here in the dojo. Uh, you, you were calm, and I think it just went off so well. Same thing with your MP. It was. It, you were showing what you needed to show. The difference between being low and yushi, like in sochin, and then being more not flighty, obviously, but but quick and whatever else other characteristics you can ascribe. A bit more to dynamic MP. and movement. dynamic. That's yeah. it. Um, yeah, kata went really well, and then. When it came to Kumite, not trying to not trying to blow smoke up your hole here, Ross, but you pretty much dominated on the day. <laughs> Kumite, like I say, Kumite is Kumite, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like it is the thing that I'm that I'm best at. Like mm-hmm. even though, like I think I'm becoming more well-rounded overall. I think that's there's still I still have that long long history of like Kumite background, like of mm-hmm. of doing well and competitions and stuff. But then also putting myself in uncomfortable training with Thai boxers, MMA guys. So the, the, I've always enjoyed it. Like we had the gloves on earlier on this morning and it's just, I just love it, man. It's just my, my first love is always going to be sparring. It's always going to be doing committee. It's always going to be training uh, for fights and stuff. I just love it. And uh, yeah, I think I do what, do what I do. Yeah, do good job. Um, good pass. Went well, mm-hmm. went well. Um, but yeah, that was a relief though. I thought, like, I oh. felt like because I like I've, I don't think that Scott Sensei would let us go for it if he didn't think we we're at the, the level. True. Uh, so obviously up to us to prove that. Yeah. Um, but man, I think I was okay leading up to it, and then the night before, I started to think, man, I just want to get it over with so I can relax because everyone was at the campfire. Chilling out. It was lovely, man. We had a lovely campfire. Everyone yeah. was sat around. There was the slack line that everyone was having goes at trying to do certain karate techniques on and stuff and hold the balance. It was good fun. Um, you were singing. There was little, there was a group of the girls. Danish girls were yeah, singing. We're all singing yeah. songs and stuff around the fire. It was really, really nice. Everyone was uh, mixing and the chatting kids away. Kids lighting sticks on fire and running S'mores around. and everything yeah. going. It was it was great. And I it was like stand by me. <laughs> I really struggled to relax. Because oh, yeah. I thought, like, because I, I wasn't drinking. That, like, I had like two, like, three beers or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't drinking at all. Um, and so, but everyone else was like chilling out and stuff. Um, and I was like, I can't really relax just now. Like, I'm not like I'm. 
I'm you know conscious like okay that's the last beer you can have you can't have any more because you're grading tomorrow um okay don't want to stay up too late and I was constantly just thinking you need to get to bed you need to get an early rest because you're grading tomorrow and I was just like part of me in my head just went I just want to get this over with mm-hmm. um so I can move on and enjoy the rest of the camp you know yeah um, I know just how you feel, and on the and then when it was over with, the very moment Scott goes knee down pass, I just felt like, yeah, like a big just uh, just a lot of tension just evaporated, and a weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I I did this exhalation. You don't <sighs> you don't realize how how much pressure you're under until it's relieved, and you're like yeah. straight away I was like. I'm I'm free. I can do whatever (laughs) I want now. I don't have to worry about what CAD I need to know or like, you know, the the weaknesses that I need to try and iron out and stuff. Like, I don't need to worry about who I'm doing kumite against or anything like that. I can just relax. This is no, I can now train whatever I want. You've got got five years now. Yeah. Got to do whatever the hell I want (laughs) to find my new. Your new path, right? My new path. Yeah, according to Rick Hutton. Find find your new path. Yeah. Um, Great Pretty nice feedback from, to get, man. He was yeah, like, was cool, yeah. you've got this shorter can thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was cool. Um, no, yeah, it was, uh, no, it was really nice. Um, that being said, though, as much as I was worried about getting a good night's rest before the grading, <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> because, because of my some... dear friend, Tommy Sensei, um, unlike me, was not worried about drinking too much or... <laughs> Or getting a good night's sleep. Yeah. And he, uh, let's just say, done what Tommy does when he's let off his leash. Just interfere with young boys who are trying to get a night, good night's sleep. <laughs> um, let's just say it, was, uh, it wasn't an early night for me. It was a very late night because someone kept doing kata and kumutain's room. <laughs> Him and AJ knocking lumps at each other yeah, as usual. Yeah, like, yeah, ah. yeah. That yeah. would be all very funny. If, uh, <laughs> there's just a stream of private videos that will not be made public, but videos <laughs> of uh, us, of me shouting, <laughs> giving him abuse, saying I'm trying to get to sleep, <laughs> let me go to bed, and him attacking me or attacking someone or doing unsu, absolutely legless, which is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> very funny, but at the time very frustrating. Uh, but that was good. Yeah. It was a good laugh. And yeah. th- well, then after the gratings, we did have a good party. Oh, we had a great party. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to say, r- you, Sean, like the the, the bog down in the valley, oak, oh man, and all the singing. <laughs> Rue so got up I- on this big table and just started performing as he does, <laughs> and it was the coolest thing he's ever done. He just got up and acapella all these songs, and he got the whole place clapping and roaring. And I, was, I started the chance. Rue, 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 you know, yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah, like, yeah. It was oh so man, good. it was great fun. I there's pictures of me up on the fo- on the table with a bottle of whiskey in one hand and just singing songs but um yeah you i'm, I'm like people really liked that song the bug down in the valley it's Ooh. a great one for for having the crack you know that's brilliant forgetting the the do you know it by now there's a nail in the heel oh, you, have, you have to sing it oh, there's, <laughs> there's a nail in the heel and the heel in the shoe and the shoe in the leg and the leg with the flea and the flea in the feather and the feather with the chick and the chick in the egg and the egg in the nest and then the twig and the twig and the branch and the branch and the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole in the bog and the bog down in the valley yo your sh- <laughs> <laughs> Irish job. citizenship please <laughs> yeah that, that's your test you passed well yeah. done <laughs> give me that Irish passport <laughs> good job yeah uh, I've been I've been it's been stuck in my head all summer. <laughs> I can't get out of my head. It's ingrained. So then the next day, feeling very very rough, I was the last man on the bus, <laughs> and we <laughs> last man off the plane, last man on the plane, last man on the bus, last man off the bus. <laughs> I'm never in a rush when I'm travelling. Uh-huh. We uh, we headed to well. Most people headed home. You and I headed up, headed off on another karate adventure. We went to Trieste. Yeah. Trieste. To train with uh, Paolo Balafio. And let us tell you, folks, it was... Amazing. Revelatory. It was very cool. We yeah. had our minds blown a few times over there. Yeah. No, it was excellent. Uh, Trieste itself, brilliant place. Mm-hmm. We got to go swimming in the sea. It was mm-hmm. like a bath, man. It was so warm, mm-hmm. especially compared to Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> um, the people were Italian and cool and beautiful. beautiful and yeah. and uh, we went to see this uh, castle that was the last home of the... Oh, the uh, the Venetian... No. 
Uh, the Venetian, no, no. the Hungari- Austro-Hungarian Hung- Emperor. Yeah, Austro-Hungarian yeah. Emperor, that's mm-hmm. right. That was stunningly beautiful as well, the mm-hmm. garden and stuff there, and ah, it was just, I was like some that fairy tale. We saw a lot of sights, we ate a lot of pizza. Ah, uh, food was great as well, mm-hmm. really nice, um, but the thing we were there for was the training, and the training was brilliant. We could do a series of podcasts on Makoto Kai and Paolo Bolafio, but we have to try and condense it and try and tell the people what Paolo's about. So just give the people, so that was the first time you'd met Paolo. I've met Paolo once before. Um, He came to Ireland to teach. I got to train with him and have dinner with him uh, with Scott Sensei and stuff like that. But that was your first time meeting Paolo. What was your impressions of Paolo? I I didn't know until the day before we met him that he was in Ninth Dan. Um, I didn't really know what we were getting into at all. But it turns out this guy is a master of four or five martial arts. And when I say master, I'm not throwing that word around. This guy is a former JKA 7th Dan. He is a master of Tai Chi and Neiji and Bagua and Qigong. Um, And he has used all his martial arts wisdom and expertise to create his own style. Now, I've heard of people creating their own style before, and I usually roll my eyes and go, who the hell do you think you are? You know, creating a style. Man, if there's any guy legit enough to actually establish his own style, it's Paolo Sensei. Now, I don't want to get too hyperbolic. People who think I've drunk all the Kool-Aid, as you put it. Yeah. Look him up. Uh, see what you think yourself, guys. But let, let, let us tell you a bit about how we experienced it. And what I experienced is a guy who has really gone into the science of martial arts. He's built his own special machine to measure punches, measure velocity, acceleration, uh, power, you know, pressure per square inch, etc. Um, so he's very scientific. They're, in their style, they practice Tai Chi, they practice Qigong, lots of internal stuff, but they also do a lot of pad work. They hit stuff hard. Their grading is, their, their kumite is full contact. It's, it's a lot like Kyokushin style. Um, in their gradings, they do full contact sparring in their competitions. Um, it's just awesome. It is very cool. Yeah. Um, I think, especially when you're when you're someone who, much like when um, Rex Sensei does Aikido, if you don't do Aikido, the simplest technique blows your mind. You yeah. know, and it's much the same. We were exposed to the, a little bit of Tai Chi, a little bit of. Um, his philosophies that he's taken from Bagua and other martial arts, and um, I and again you're just caught left left you know open mouthed going wow I've mm-hmm. never experienced this aspect of martial arts before this kind of those that Chinese influence mm-hmm. um, definitely very different to Japanese that Shotokan style that we do, um, but what was nice is that because of his Shotokan background, he's able to connect the dots for us in a lot of ways, I think, and how we can apply it within our karate Um, or how it can be applied within karate. But the problem is that what he said was that um, when you start applying these movements, you then change the conventional structure of Shotokan and that's where the problems come and that's where his own style then had to... Uh, it came, came about because he said, I can't really say that I'm practicing Shotokan anymore mm-hmm. because so much is changing yeah. within his own martial art. Um, which, and, we, like, and we can't thank Paolo Sensi enough oh, and yeah. his teaching team because um, they gave us so much time. Every yeah. morning we got a private session. I wasn't expecting that at all. No. I thought we were just going to train in the, the scheduled classes, but they they gave us they supplied us with lunch every day Um and we had two sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then we would go to a, a conventional class in the evening. We were training with the competition team in the afternoon, yeah. and it was just um, Paolo Sensei and Fulvio Sensei in the mornings, and they were just trying their best to um, get, show us the principles of their Makotokai, which yeah. was very valuable, I thought. They gave us a, like a crash course in their main thing. Yeah. They did that by teaching us their th- that kata, Genten. Yeah. So Genten is like, he, he was describing it as their Basai Dai. It's their uh, like quintessential Mokotokai kata. And it's lovely. It was a really nice kata. Yeah, lovely. so different. Um, and also not so different. But you can see the similarities. You can yeah. also see the, the, the things that you wouldn't find in a conventional kata, like Shotokan kata. Um, no, it was excellent. Uh, I'm glad that, that they they sort of hammered that into us because mm-hmm. um, it's something that I will keep hopefully forever. Yeah. I've been, I've done it quite a few times since. 
Um, no, it was great. Um, they taught us the wave. The wave. Which They're is like, a way of generating power. They taught us how to get rooted, which this is, is where, like a Tai Chi thing. This is where it gets tricky because yeah. um, the it's difficult to talk about this stuff without showing it. Yeah, true. Um, but basically what it was is just different ways of connecting the body to yeah. your centre and projecting it onto someone else. Um and it was like, and that's basically what it was. Like, it was a lot of the training was just different ways of connecting muscle groups, connecting the body, using your body weight, moving your body weight in a fluid motion from yourself and through your technique into the target that you're uh, making contact with. That's a good way of describing it. I think so, yeah. And mm-hmm. and that's what I took away from it the most. I think it was just there are different ways of connecting the body, like connecting those muscle groups, connecting the body, and he showed us a lot of ways to practice those principles yeah um which was great um so once again like we've got to say huge maybe he'll never listen to this but huge appreciation and gratitude for paolo and fulvio and emiliano and everybody else that took their time to help us out and teach us all that stuff when we were in trieste and of course the man who sent us there bought our flights bought our accommodation and sent us on an adventure Uh, yes uh, scott since really going above and beyond for us as per usual as he always does we're lucky boys very lucky Um, but what was your I don't know best and worst moments from both those trips what was the best moment and what was the worst moment um best best moment what did I say my best moment was did I tell you before? You didn't. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm going to say my best moment. It was also the most painful moment. And it was when I got a leg kick from Fulvio Sensei. Well, I got three of them in a row. Um, he was... Uh, Fulvio was a seventh dan. I've got a video of that that I'll post online, yeah? Do. Because uh, I'm going to be saying you can me... put it up on this. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Oh, YouTube. I can put it in the video for this. Yeah. yeah. If you're watching on, if you're listening to this through YouTube now, folks, you're, you're probably, the video is going to come up. Fulvio Sensei was showing us how to do an effective leg kick without putting all your weight into, into the it's kick, kind of right? Like, instead of like slamming into the leg, it was like cutting into the muscle. Exactly. Very nasty. And it was, it was very, very painful. And after he hit me the third time, I stood up out of my stance. My vision went white. The whiteness came in from the corner. I thought I was going to fall down with the pain and I thought I was going to puke. And I didn't know which one was going to happen first. Was I going to puke or faint or faint and puke? And luckily I didn't either. But in the video, you can just see me trying to breathe deeply. (laughs) And he's still talking. (laughs) Rude does not like the leg kicks, folks. No, I hate leg kicks, guys. Um, I hate them. No, it was great. We've got to get tougher. We we promised ourselves now we're going to do leg kicks every morning. Uh, We're going to get... Well, we'll get back to that later because we've got some resolutions that we've made since coming back from our adventures. Yeah, but that was my that was my best, actually. Even though it was very painful, it physically the worst, but mentally the best. Yeah, yeah. And my worst, um, feeling absolutely lost, like a directionless donkey in the qigong class. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't understand (laughs) it. I didn't know what to do. It was way over my head. Paolo Sensei was leading a, a really, uh, what everybody else was experiencing was a really great uh, meditative class in breathing and movement, and I didn't get anything out of it. It was just my fault. I psh, couldn't access it. Yeah. Um, that one I just took as a nice sort of chill session. <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I missed Maybe the point Maybe I was thinking too hard. But I was just like, huh. I felt so <laughs> relaxed after it. It was nice. Um, my favorite moment... Um, from that was um, man, I, I like like I, obviously the benefits were from the private classes with uh, Fulvio and Paolo Sensei and stuff. But my favorite, like just for some completely mad, was the Chinese sword. Oh, we got yeah. to do sword fighting. Yeah, or the yeah, first yeah, yeah, we done yeah. it twice uh, in the the week and a half that we were there. And on the first time we done it, I got to use the proper metal swords which was so cool everyone else got these like crappy wooden swords I got to go with Emiliano Sensi and with the metal swords and probably get into it and I was like I'm a big geek for swords and stuff like I love that stuff like I love my medieval stories and fantasy and everything like that so I, when I had that sword I felt like oh I felt like you know one of the characters from a Game of Thrones or something you know yeah. it was just so cool and watching Paolo Sensi 
man. He, he, yeah. We were sitting down at lunch at one point. And he's like, Ross, I could shave your beard with a sword. Yeah, I, don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, I believe oh, you because yeah. he's and so good. He, oh, like, he showed us his collection of swords as well. Oh, he had that swords so that were cool. as big as me. It was so cool. He had all these mad swords and then two proper lightsabers at the end. Oh, yeah. He showed us all these <laughs> traditional swords and stuff that they had, but the most important ones. And he gave us like the red and blue <laughs> lightsaber we started <laughs> straight away. Like, didn't even like forgetting that we're in his office, forgetting that he's trying to show us like all this, all these cool things and talk about martial arts we immediately just went <laughs> 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 yeah great. Oh, great crack and uh, yeah the worst moment was the i don't know this man like coming from that such a high of getting the yondan oh, and getting yeah. told you need to find your way and it, and and then like arriving there and feeling like a white belt again which is again i mean it's a great thing it's what it's all about it's yeah. a great thing but that was definitely on the first day of that i was kind of like oh you know, I thought I've achieved something, yeah. and I just feel like I've I've taken ten steps back. You know, like it was kind of demoralizing a little bit, but in a very inspiring way. Everybody knows that those moments are important for uh, progressing, yeah. uh, for carrying on learning. You're only, you know, wisdom is acknowledging not what what you don't know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, do you have a best and worst for Denmark? Best Denmark. I'll go if you want. I'll yeah, go. you go. You go. So my best moment was actually um, that was a very secret. This is what I was talking about with oh, Rick Hansen. So tell me, tell me. Every first night, everyone went to bed relatively early because we were up going to the beach at seven thirty in the morning. So everyone was getting kept. We've been travelling all day and stuff. But the other person who'd been travelling all day was Rick. Sense that he was arriving late, mm. so it was midnight before he turned up. And myself, Tommy Sensei, and one or two others were still up chatting away and we thought we'll wait for Rick Sensei to arrive so you know he's not just arriving to a bed he's arriving to people waking up to chat to him and we got Rick Sensei to ourselves for like two hours and got to quiz him on karate nice and we got like it was basically a private session with Rick Sensei which was really really cool Um just stealing as much information, just sort of like, you know, just like a magician with a handkerchief, you know, just constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. raveling more and more, like just juicy details and, and his thought process and his explanation, stuff like that. That was, that was really cool. So I, like, I think AJ filmed, I think, like, I think like, I don't know, like a nine minute video, um, which was a small portion of the conversation, but it was just, I was like the, I was to stand it up and him doing a technique and then I was trying to do it and then him correcting it ah, and showing us how he was doing really it. Really coaching, yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. like uh, like I said, like a private class with Rick Sensei, which was really cool. That was my yeah. my favourite um karate moment, shall we say, from them. I also had a lot of fun celebrating the Yondan and getting merry with all my friends. Yeah. Sensei, Scott Sensei saying he was proud and stuff and yeah, really yeah. tear to my eye. Yeah, yeah, well that's yeah. not no he said I'm sure your Sensei's proud of you is what he said he yeah, would never yeah, say yeah, it yeah, directly yeah. But he said, <laughs> <laughs> in a roundabout way um, no that was cool and the worst moment in Denmark getting up for Rick Sensei's class after Tommy Sensei had kept me up all day, all night, all <laughs> night, um, and then trying getting up in the morning. That was that was rough. Yeah. Um, I think I would rather have got up and been hungover because then I would have done it to myself. But when somebody <laughs> else had done it to me, I, f- I felt really bad. I felt you really felt angry. Yeah. I felt really angry. <laughs> so, yeah, that was maybe the worst moment of the camp was getting up for Rick Sensei's class after Tommy had kept me up all night. Nice. Okay, my best and worst from Denmark. Uh, best would be the just the general vibe and atmosphere. It was a real, uh, there was a real strong sense of community and togetherness and all those kind of cheesy things. But it Aww. was, yeah. No, it was, it, was, uh, it was there and everybody was happy. Everybody was polite and respectful and yada, 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 all those kind of cliched things. But th- there was, obviously, there was the party the night after the grading and there was, um, oh, as someone... Um, Someone recognised my voice from the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was Nina, I think. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, um, because we were going through passport control in Denmark. And, uh, well, it wasn't just my voice. She knew that I was called Rue because Scott calls back from the front of the line. and goes, where's Rue? And I was like, I'm over here, Sensei. And then she turns to me and she goes, oh, you're Rue. Oh, we've been listening to the podcast. And I felt like a celebrity. <laughs> and you know That's what she nice. said? It's true. You are quite small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So that was lovely. Um, the worst was... Um, uh, <laughs> I called it a night at some stage on Saturday night, very, very drunk. Party night. Very, very happy and uh, went to bed. And then, uh, I don't know, I was, was passed out and f- don't know how long later, but uh, r- a gang of ruffians <laughs> entered my room and pounced on me and beat the crap out of me as I was trying to sleep. We wanted you to show your new knee dance skills, you know, <laughs> of self-defense. <laughs> And, uh, but uh, <laughs> I was like through it like I don't know <laughs> I don't really smacking I don't you, really like, remember what What's happened going on? <laughs> uh, ah good times yeah good best and worst that's it so now that oh well we'll end on a good note yeah we'll save the, the new positivity for a good note fails I want like there is a couple of very nice fails going on <laughs> yeah. uh, on these trips so without further ado it's time for the of the week. Well, that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I added a bit of vibrato. Nice. Thank yes, you. Very good. Yes, I'm a trained musician. Don't you know? <laughs> um, so, my first fail. We didn't even reach Denmark. Oh yeah. I got on the pl- on the the plane in um, Dublin to fly to London and then further on, and then further on to Denmark. And it was as you were walking up the aisle to your seat, and I went, "Oh no." Rui, you won't guess what's happened. And it's like, what's wrong? It's like, <laughs> I left my sunglasses. Rui was like, no. no they that, were so cool. That doesn't sound like a big deal. But if you could see these sunglasses, they were so, like, I... It's the and old, we spent about two I'm, hours in, in Dundrum Shopping Centre picking out sunglasses. We were breaking out summer stuff, you know, like to look cool for the summer. And the one thing that I I'd never had, uh, I thought, you know what? I want to spend a little bit more money on a nice pair of sunglasses. Not up to a hundred, like fucking like Ray-Bans or anything like that, but just like a nice sturdy pair. Because before that, I had pe- like pennies, like mm-hmm. pre-marked sunglasses mm-hmm. that looked okay, but broke like after a month or something. So I wanted some nice. And I went and I looked around and I found like a pair of sunglasses I just loved. Now, people who are into fashion might say they're crap, but I loved them. <laughs> and I was like so happy with my purchase. I was so happy with my sunglasses. Yeah. And I left them back home. But luckily in London, there was a super dry store and they had the exact same pair. And I went, to hell with it, I'm going to buy them again. <laughs> so I came back from my holidays with two sets of sunglasses. You have to understand how gutted he was, folks. Like we we were going, we built up the sunglasses so much, we were going to say, okay, okay. And when you were wearing the sunglasses, I'll say, hey, cool sunglasses, Ross. And then everyone will notice them. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited about them. But then I, then I left them at home, typically. Uh, that was the fail. first fail. Fail. Similar story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, mine's mine, my fail is nearly the same. Getting ready to go to Denmark and... When I'm traveling, I need my headphones. I need my podcast and I need my music. When I'm traveling, I'm either reading a book or listening to something. And I'll go crazy if I don't have that. And I couldn't find my headphones anywhere. My lovely, expensive headphones spent about 110 euro on them. Yeah, 110 euro. And I'd lost them. Typical me, I lose everything. And I was so pissed off with myself because we'd so much traveling to do in July. I'd, in July, I took eight flights. Um... So I was so frustrated, uh, got to London, and in the duty-free, I bought a new pair. £100. They're, they're nicer, though. These ones are nicer than my old ones. Uh, they're JBLs, and I, I like my, 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 you know, my sound gear, my nice headphones. I'm not a massive material gadget person, but i got to have nice music. Uh, and then, so I had those for all our travels. I had my nice new JBL headphones, and just last night... We were in the pub, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I was just I was staring into space. I suppose uh, you and Raúl were having a chat about something, and I looked up but at being fertile. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Let's not tell the people what that's about. But um, I was looking, and my eye something caught my eye from behind the bar, and way up on the top shelf, it was a little lost and found. And I thought, those are my fucking headphones, and they'd been up there for about six weeks, and someone had even put a little note with my name on it, and yeah. I have no idea. Who it was, or how they knew my name, but yeah, I got now I got two nice pairs of headphones. <laughs> yeah, that was a fail. A pretty big fail, yeah. Big fail, and then a uh, the oh, so those Trieste the, fail. Yeah, Wait, you, have you got your Trieste fail? Or my I Trieste go first? fail was again like my my massive eagle. Oh yeah. Uh, my, my taking my, a big hit. I took a big strike <laughs> when the lovely Desiree mm. who is a, a world champion in knockdown karate. 
um, whether it's Kyokushin, Makoto Kai, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, tough. And we were doing pad work, and I like to think I hit and kick quite hard, um, and I'm tough and all the rest of that macho nonsense. This young woman came in and was smacking the pads every bit as hard, taking leg kicks like they were nothing to her when it was making me wince in pain. I just felt like, oh, I felt like a baby, man. It was so cool. She was so cool. Like It was was. just really cool. And it made me think everyone in this dojo is just too damn soft. (laughs) (laughs) You mean our dojo, yeah, not Trieste. (laughs) So like, no, no, no. Like like, everyone in that dojo is solid. Um, But she was the most solid of solids. Like that was, that was really cool. She was Fulvio's top student and she was not only, not only very beautiful, but very scary. Very, very scary, very mm-hmm. talented, and um, to watch her training stuff was really cool, and it definitely made me rethink my <laughs> myself. Like, I don't know. I was like, "Oh my god, you think you're you're good at this karate stuff? You have a long way to go, young yeah, man." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that was very humbling, very cool to see, um, definitely a, a, a fail for my my pride and the ego. <laughs> my my fail is <laughs> my Trieste fail is uh, so we were in Tai Chi class <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's all the flowing and the movement and the... So the class is finished, yeah? Or it's having a water break or something. Yeah, no, we're not finished. We're yeah, just a, a water, water break. break, yeah. And Rue's still... I, I've went and got a sip of water and we're coming back and Rue's practising the movement. I'm practising these done. deep stances. And it's, the whole point is you're meant to shift from one stance to the other while someone pushes your against your hips and you're not meant to lose your centre connection or balance. You're meant exactly. to stay connected through that motion very difficult and he was practicing practicing <laughs> <laughs> and I walked up gave a wee push <laughs> a really loud fart right in the middle of Tai Chi class everyone was looking at him <laughs> came up gave a wee push <laughs> sounds like he shot himself <laughs> he immediately starts trying to kick me and stuff oh. stupid man you made me fart <laughs> I was dying. It was very hard to get back into the Zen yeah. mindset after that one. Oh Christ! Oh, that was class. Yeah, very oh, good. I'm sweating after all that laughing. God. <laughs> um, ah, very good fun. And um, yeah, the the and the feels since we got back. There's plenty of feels. Oh yeah, um, we've more feels. I had a feel because I had to. I arrived back on the Sunday evening um, after teaching in London with uh, Dan Walsh and his dojo, which was very good fun, teaching alongside Paul Weir and Sensi. That went really well. Mm-hmm. It was good fun. Um, but I arrived back on the Sunday very tired, and I thought, I've got only a couple of classes to teach on the Monday, summer schedule, no no worries. And then I get to just train. Like, I was looking forward to just doing some... Because we've done a lot of unusual new training, very out there, like, like trying to get to grips with it and stuff like that. I was looking forward to just coming in and just training mm-hmm. and I came in and Scott went Ross going to teach everything no. <laughs> and I was oh my god and I'm there and I'm trying to show to the best ability that I can the stuff that we've been taught I, I went through the Genten with everyone which everyone seemed to like and then I was trying to show the different ways of testing connection that we practiced but I don't I can't do it very well at all yeah because um, you only learned it the week before only, I only just started <laughs> doing it so I was kind of stumbling about, and then I had Scott Sensei trying to dis like not desperate, but just trying to challenge every idea that was being put forward, which was very frustrating. And the problem is that Scott Sensei is already connected, yeah, very well. So he doesn't really need like so when he like so normally when we would do these connection tests, to say okay, do the normal way you would try and push something or try and move this person's body weight how would you do it and most people will do it and they'll break their connection at some point in Mm -hmm. a very subtle way Mm -hmm. and Paolo Sensi will make you do an exercise whether it be breathing or a certain movement with your body in order to connect the muscle groups and allow you to push forward Scott Sensi is already very connected so when his average movement to try and move somebody is already connected so nothing would work with Scott Sensi it was very frustrating and that was a fail. Like just a fail. I was just like, ugh. I already feel like a white belt. Don't now make me think that everything I've learned is just nonsense. Like, get away. Um My fail so since yeah. we got back is just I so I went on holidays after Italy. I spent a week in Cyprus. Uh I don't know, I wasn't sedentary or anything, did lots of swimming, a bit of hiking. But uh as soon as I came back, 
there were some really tough sessions that you were putting us through. And I feel... Because everyone's too damn soft. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but I felt so unfit. And right now, my hamstrings especially are on fire all the time. Everything is sore. Everything is ouchy. Uh, and I need to get stronger. And I need to get fitter. And we all need to get tougher. Right, Ross? Yeah, man. Everyone needs to get tougher. Um, yeah, like I, I'm taking steps. I, I've been going to John, I started going to John Sensi's dojo. Just for some different type of training. To do you some know? Kyokushin. Do some Kyokushin. Just, just not because we don't train hard here. It's just a different kind of... Like like Mark said, Mark came with me. Mark said it nicely. He said, it's a different kind of pain. No, oh, yeah. You know, which I think is a very nice way to put it. It's just something a bit different. Put yeah. you out your comfort zone a bit. I think I, I, I want to put myself out of my comfort zone a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and training with those guys on a Sunday seems to be a good way of doing it. Mm. Um, and they were very nice. It was very cool to train with those guys. Again, something a bit different. Um, but yeah, speaking of, you know, different changing, what are the goals now we've got, we've got like, cause I think we're in a very funny position here because we've both just graded, which was the, the sort of epitome of, of the goals for the year, right? Yeah. That was the big goal. Yeah. It's now passed. Mm. Have you got a new goal in mind? Are you searching for a new goal? Yes. Well, in a way I consider this the start of the road to Sandan. Already. But that's oh. a long road. It's like what they say in the fight game. As soon as the fight ends, the promotion for the next fight begins. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's it, man. But not only... So, and I actually, even in just the last few sessions, I feel I've been thinking about the feedback that Rick Sensei gave me. And I'm, I'm taking my time. You might have noticed last night, not just because my body was very, very sore, but I was taking it slow. I like that, man. You know, yeah. I didn't say, speed up, bro. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I was liking the fact that you were... And every time I landed Chilled. in stance, I took a minute, I took a breath, and I kind of settled down into it because I'm always on top of my stances. Uh -huh. I'm always vibrating like a steel rod because mm -hmm. I'm so full of tension. So I have this residual wobble every time I step forward. It's been a problem for a long time, and it's high time I fix it. Anyway, that's the road to Sandan. Things like that, taking my time, polishing my technique, fixing those things that have been a problem for a long time so that I can then begin... then. That I, once I've got the Shotokan thing, then once I've got that, then uh, then the Rotiondan will begin. But apart from that, being in Paolo's dojo has been really inspirational, and it's made me want to do a few different things. One thing is just get tougher, like maybe like visit the Kyokushin gym with you sometime, get stronger, get faster, you know, uh, learn to take a leg kick. It's got to be done. You've got to be able to take a leg kick. You want to call yourself a martial artist and you can't take a kick in the leg. I think there's something wrong. So we've got to, I've got to get um, I've got to get stronger. I've got to get my weights regime back on. I was good for the weights when I first started here, but haven't been lifting weights enough, haven't been hitting the pads enough. Uh, and And then the other side is I also want to get that I also want to get on track with the softer stuff. I'd really like to find a good Tai Chi teacher. Yeah. But when uh, when I asked Fulvio, <laughs> see, when I asked him in Italy, oh, do you think I could learn this kind of thing back in Dublin? And he just kind of went, ha ha, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's, there's not that yeah. many real martial arts style Tai Chi teachers. They do Tai Chi for health or they do Tai Chi for uh, relaxation or, or whatever else. But... Yeah, this is this is them speaking, not me. Now I know nothing about Tai Chi, but anyway, I, I want to get like that you, side of my martial arts on track too. If you keep the principles that we got taught in Trieste in mind, maybe you could go and even just being taught the form itself, you could then try and apply. Yeah, those based on what I already it. know. Even if you're it, yeah. not getting taught those principles, you can keep them in mind when you do it. Maybe I could try. Um, yes, I thought. Yeah, you know, but yeah, man, I think what what I would say is like just from experience of you know setting targets and trying to reach targets is you don't want to try, take on too much at once because that's a mm, lot. You right. said like, that, that's a, a a lot of maybe long term goals. Like that's a, like because what you're describing a complete martial artist, yeah, which is a very tall order to to do. You know, in in a couple of years, never mind a lifetime, like sort of thing. You True. know, um. So do you have what like? Okay, this is if I can by Christmas be this can be box can be checked. What what would you say is an immediate goal that you'd set yourself that you can achieve in the next six months or so? I'd combine two of the things. I'd come. Uh, I would. I want to be more rooted in my stances. Yeah. So that's partly one of the things Rick was telling me about, and it's also something that's really important in Makotokai, yeah. being rooted. 
uh, having that relaxed feeling in your hips so that you can't be moved. Yeah. Um, so that's what, I, that's what I'm going to go for. Sit, getting down in my stances and getting rooted. Nice. Cool. My goals, I've already, uh, my new goals, I've already started. Like, I want to get in proper shape. Like, I, I'm, I'm fit. Like, physically, I've got good, like, we crush it to bat a session, no problem. Yeah. We do pads. I'm always going to be hitting consistently hard and stuff. My cardio is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I move quite fast, deceptively so. So I've been told, someone yeah, in Denmark yeah, yeah. came up to me and said, <laughs> from a, one of the Swedish guys, I think, oh, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't take this the wrong way, but, like, you move brilliant but you don't look like you could you should be able to move that way yeah, and i was yeah. like okay time to fucking get in shape <laughs> yeah. i can't have fucking random people coming up and <laughs> call me a fatty <laughs> so you got it too i got called small you got called uh you don't look like you're good at karate <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like you should be as good as you are yeah so i have i've started in a big way man i've been very strict with myself um i have been getting in shape already starting to see i'm big i think my body is weird as soon as i change something it just I, I melt straight away so I've already lost a ton of body fat I'm that's already true. getting in good shape looking good feeling good um, so that's like an immediate goal like by Christmas I want to be in good shape you know so keep this going um, I think overall I think uh, I like another short term one I want to, like there's certain things that I want to get better at for example like a simple one is me and Tommy were talking about it. Let's like picking oh, yeah, a couple of katas and just yeah. getting them like boom up to scratch. Like I, I love my sochin. I've been doing sochin for ages. It's not perfect by any stretch, but it's a. I'm happy with the level I can do it at. It can always be improved. Every cat, everything you do can always be improved. But there are certain katas that aren't up. Like my unsu, we were doing unsu all, all, the whole time at Denmark. We mm-hmm. doing unsu a lot. That's something that I'm really just not good at. And I want to be, it's a kata that while you're still young and fit, you want to be, you know, doing these big athletics. So Unsu and Gankak are two katas that I'm going to be, and maybe Goji Shio Show. Those three katas are Gaji something. Gaji Shio Show. Gaji Shio Show. It's yeah? Jami. Jami. Gaji Shio Show. Gaji Shio Show. I love you, Paul. Anyway, um, the, <laughs> uh, but those three katas, I really want to work on them over the next, you know, six to eight months and try and get them up to a decent standard. You know? Cool, I'll do that with you. Yeah. Um, that's another one. Uh, long term goals, like long term goal. There's ah, oh, there's so much. Like just there's so much to take in, man. Because what's very interesting with training with Paolo is that, and because I trained with Steve Ubelsensi at the start of the year, yeah, and I trained with Paolo at the middle of the year. Maybe I'll train with someone else who's magic at the end of the year. Yes, but they are both at opposite ends of the spectrum of karate. And have both made it work to a very extreme level. Um, Steve Will talking about synchronized movement, um, explosivity, um, very pure form karate, and Paolo Sensi is very much about disconnect, um, off timing, very non traditional form karate. So both of them are, are are kind of meeting in the middle at a certain point with how they apply their techniques. Like Paolo Sensei, when he, he kicked me once when I was yeah. there, and it like man, it went black like straight like within that evening. Yeah, it yeah. was like brute, like massive, like ugh. and then Fulvio kicking me in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that nice either. But um, so I mean, he could obviously make his karate work. Steve Will Sensei obviously can make his karate work, and you've got these two polar opposites. I think in long term you want to be able to when I whenever I train with if I ever get the opportunity to train with Steve again, I want to be able at some point over the next I don't know, five, ten years, be able to if I'm training with Steve, do Steve's karate. Mm. If I'm training with Paolo, do Paolo's karate. If I'm training with Rick, do Rick's karate. I want to be that like my ultimate goal is to be the person who can move within the spectrum. You know? Yeah. Like I think that's that would be Obviously, the perfect thing would be okay. I'm training. I'm training at uh, Makotakai in Trieste. Uh, here's how I'm going to move exactly the way Paolo and his guys move. Okay, I'm now going over to San Francisco and training with Steve. I'm going to move the exact same way Steve does. Yeah, no, never. Yeah, no, it might sounds... never happen. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. not 
an immediate goal. That's not a goal that can be done in a year, two years. That's like a that's a lifelong thing. Yeah, that's a the lighthouse in the distance. Yeah, goal. But I want to try and always be working towards that. So goals is just to get better at moving in off time and in disconnect, and also be able to synchronize, like get that hip and hand firing at the same time. Like that's simple. It sounds simple, but almost impossible. Yeah. Like, Rick does it, I've noticed. Yeah. When he punches, his hip and hand move at the exact same time. However, there's a lot he does, which is a lot like Paolo Balafia. Yeah. The, the wave. Rick, Rick does a lot of wavy stuff, yeah. a lot of, uh, yeah. And, the, and what's funny is, with Rick's karate, I think Steve Sensei would say Rick doesn't represent his karate at all. Paolo Sensei would say Rick doesn't represent it. So Rick's got his own thing going on. Yeah. Scott's got his own great thing going on. Obviously, Scott's going to be the main influence in my karate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm try- always trying to be like Scott when I do karate and I think Scott is someone who also attempts to move within the spectrum he tries to be you know that person who can flow mm-hmm. from that from one end to the other um, so having him as a as a sort of um, guiding light to that as a guide to the lighthouse is, is super beneficial for me but that's like the big goal is to be able to do it all Tune into the podcast in 10 years' Probably time, never folks. Will. <laughs> <laughs> Ross would be like, ah, what's the point? <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot, like, and we don't have, like, no pressure for the foreseeable future. I've got uh, a few more gigs to teach this year. I'm going to be in uh, Sweden. Are you plugging your courses? I'm plugging my courses. Okay, I'm going to be in it. Sweden uh, in August and October. Um, and I'm going to be in Detroit. In December. Nice. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Good job, man. Good job. Um, But yeah, I think that's it. Anything to add, man? One final thing. It's the beginning of the rest of our karate lives. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to be back, folks. Um, And tune in again soon for another Homba Dojo podcast. Deep bows and osses. Osses.